Hello, I'm Carrie Ann. Welcome to another service with Pastor Ray Dieter at Grace Baptist Church. Please check out our website, gbcevansville.org. There, you'll find videos of our youth and children's services, daily devotions, and other ministries our church has to offer. We invite you to join us on Sunday mornings for an in-person service where we'll practice social distancing and follow safety guidelines. Now, let's hear what Pastor Ray has to say. Did I tell you that we're coming up on my favorite holiday? I, I, I love Thanksgiving. Um, I think I could eat a whole turkey just by myself. I'm not sure, but uh, we, we uh, uh, have, in our family, have celebrated it various ways in various places, but the last few years we have gone to our daughters on Thanksgiving, and it works well to bring in uh, the, the family, and uh, uh, it's a great time uh, of being together. When my grandmother was alive, she would make everybody go around the table and tell what they were thankful for. Uh, I was talking to a fellow the other day that, that uh, comes to our food pantry, and he was, he's going through a real rough patch in his life. He's having a lot of health issues. He's having, uh, he, can't, he can't work right now, and he's having trouble getting disability. And he said, and I, I asked him if we could set him up to get a basket from the, uh, for Thanksgiving. And he said he would appreciate that. He said, that, that's about the only thing I have to be thankful for and set me to thinking, and as we approach Thanksgiving the next three Sundays, I think we need to talk about three things that everybody ought to be thankful for, but especially Christians ought to recognize them and be thankful for them. The first of those three th things is God's unchangeable nature, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. From everlasting unto everlasting, He is God. Jesus described himself as the Alpha and the Omega, the A and the Z. Uh, and and uh, I am thankful in a world where everything changes, uh, he, seems, he stays the same. Second thing, and we'll talk about that next Sunday, is God's perfect plan of salvation. God didn't have a method, he had a plan. And his plan was that men would come to know him, and in knowing him would recognize their sinful nature, and in recognizing their sinful nature would repent of it and seek him through Jesus Christ, his son. And we'll talk about that next Sunday. And then the third thing is God's enduring word. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the flowers fade, man passes away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And we're gonna talk about those three things that every person should be thankful for, although I doubt that lost people recognize that but especially every Christian should be thankful for. And I want us to begin this morning talking about God's unchangeable nature. And I, I want you to turn with me to the book of Lam Lamentations, the third chapter. Uh, Lamentations was written by the prophet Jeremiah after the fall of Jerusalem. For many years, he had been called and he had been foretelling that God was gonna send judgment on his children, the children of Israel, because they had rebelled against him, served false gods, and served him in name only, not with their hearts and their souls. And Jeremiah preached continually for that repentance. 
and no one paid any attention. He was called the weeping prophet because he, he cared so much about the people of Israel that his heart broke and he wept over them. Uh, but no one paid any attention to Jeremiah as he preached. And finally, God's judgment came because they had not repented and they were attacked by Babylon and Jerusalem fell, the temple was destroyed, and the brightest and the best, including Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel, were carried into captivity in Babylon. After that, Jeremiah remains for some time in Jerusalem. Eventually he's in Egypt, but he is, he is dis discouraged, he is disappointed, he's depressed because all of his preaching and all of his call to repentance has gone unheeded. Uh, no one paid any attention. And seeing the people carrying, carried into captivity and seeing the things that he had prophesied that would happen brought him no joy, but only sadness because those things had come about because no one would listen to him. And so in that state of being discouraged and, and disappointed and depressed, he wrote the book of Lamentations. And as he writes Lamentations in this third chapter, he has a turning point. He talks about how bad it is, how no one's paid any attention to him. Uh, he, he talks about uh, uh, they taunted him, uh, he, he, they filled him with bitterness. And, and he comes down and he begins in the 21st verse, he makes a turn. He says, this I recall in my mind, therefore I have hope. He said, what I'm about to tell you, when I remembered this, it changed my attitude. What I'm about to tell you, when I remembered this, it gave me hope. Here's what he said. Though the Lord's, through the Lord's mercy, we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in Him. The Lord is good, good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. To the, it is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of God. The first thing he says, verse 22, that through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. The first thing he says is that God's mercy is what he relies on and God's compassion and that those two things never change. God is always merciful and God is compassionate. The word there in Hebrew is hesed and it means loving kindness. It is a kindness that is extended out of love that is unmerited. It is not deserved, but it is extended anyway because of the loving nature of the one who is extending that kindness. Uh, and so what we need to understand is that mercy, God's mercy, is an act of God's pure grace. It is not deserved. We do not deserve mercy. I, I, I've told this story, but I remember I was sitting in a court, I was to testify in a trial, uh, and it was an, across the hall from another court, a criminal court, and they told me, well, it'll be a while before we get to you. And, and so I went in and sat down in the criminal court, and they brought a young man in he, who had been picked up. He, he'd been picked up for drunk driving. And um, in Terre Haute, uh, the police can record conversation over the radio. Maybe they can do that here. And they had put him in the back of the squad car and he told the officer, he said, I got, I got, I got $100 on me. And if you give me, let me give you the $100, I'll just walk home. 
And the officer keyed the microphone and said, what did you say? He said, I'll give you $100 if you just let me walk home. Well, he was arrested not only for drunk driving, but now he's in court for attempting to bribe an officer. And he's standing before the judge, and the judge says, do you want me to appoint an attorney for you uh, since you can't afford one? He said, no, Your Honor. He says, I, I don't need an attorney. And the judge says, oh, yeah, I think you need an attorney. And the young man said, no, I, I don't need an attorney, Your Honor. What I need is mercy. And, and that's the way we are. We stand, and we are absolutely guilty before a holy God. And it, all the attorneys in the world won't do us any good. What we need is mercy. And God extends that mercy to us even when we don't deserve it, which is always because we never deserve it. It is unmerited. We have not earned it. Um, we cannot do anything to earn that mercy. And so grace is the basis on which God's mercy stands uh, and is driven by His compassion. If you go to Psalm 78, the 78th Psalm, it, it says, and it's talking about Israel again, and the people of Egypt who would not let them go. He says, for their heart was not steadfast with him, nor were they faithful in his covenant. But he being full of compassion, meaning God, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. Yes, in many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up his wrath, for he remembered that they were flesh, a breath that passes away and does not come again. You see, the amazing thing about God is he, he created us, beginning with Adam and Eve. And so he understands us. He understands that we, we, we are weak-natured and that uh, often we do things that we really shouldn't, but we seem to not be able to keep from doing them. We say things when we should keep our mouth shut, and uh, afterwards we think, why, why did I really say that out loud? And sometimes we don't say things when we should, when speaking up would make a difference. And the writer of the psalm says, look, God remembers our nature because He made us. And because He remembers our nature and remembers that we are by nature uh, 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 like the grass that passes away or a breath that is there and soon gone, He takes compassion upon us. Not because we deserve it, but because He knows us and He understands us and He loves us. And because He knows us and understands us and loves us, out of that flows His mercy. He's a just God. Uh, those who reject Him will one day stand before Him and face judgment. But that does not mean He is not merciful, because for all who will eventually stand before Him, that mercy is there if we but accept it. We just simply have to say, God, I throw myself on Your mercy. I don't need justice. You're a just God, but I don't need justice. I need mercy. Uh, and, and, and Malachi talks about that. He says that God welcomes the sinner. If we go to Malachi, the last book of the New Testament, Malachi is speaking uh, in the third chapter. And here's what it says. The Lord speaks to him and he says, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O son of Jacob. Sons of Jacob, God speaks through Malachi to Israel, and He said, I, I should destroy you. You deserve to be destroyed. You're rebellious, you're cantankerous, and you're fickle. But I have not destroyed you because I have compassion upon you. And, and, and because of that, 
uh, I extend my mercy to you. You see, compassion is God's act of the mercy that He has for us. He extends to us the opportunity to be delivered out of our sin through His Son, Jesus Christ, on Calvary's cross. His death on Calvary's cross was an act of God's mercy that brought God's compassion and made it available for all who put their faith and their trust in what He did on Calvary's cross, to believe and trust and hope in Him, to confess and follow Him. And so, as he's writing, Jeremiah says, look, the people are carried into captivity. The ones that are remain behind suffer. The city has been destroyed. But, but Lord, I'm thankful that you didn't just wipe Israel off the face of the earth. You could have just wiped us out and started over. Uh, but because of your mercy and compassion, you have not. Uh, he goes on to say that these compassions or mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Every day is a new day. You, you, you know, when you're born again, when you become a Christian, you become a new creature. And then every day in Christ Jesus is a new day. The old sins that we have repented of are forgotten and we begin fresh every morning. And His compassion is new and fresh every morning. He's not any less compassionate today than He was yesterday just because He shed His compassion on me yesterday. He's not any less merciful today just because He shed His mercy on me yesterday. His grace does not diminish no matter how much of His grace He pours out on those who believe and trust in Him. It is fresh every morning. It's a new day. And we get up and we should face that new day and say, look, today, Lord, I'm going to do a better job than I did yesterday. Lord, today I'm going to walk more in your path than I did yesterday. Today I'm going to pray more than I did yesterday. Today I'm going to study your word more than I did yesterday. I'm going to be better at being a child of God today than I was yesterday because it's a new day. And I get to start over. Just start over. I... Uh, had a friend that loved to do puzzles. And I was sitting visiting him. This is when I was pastor in Ohio. And I was sitting and visiting him one evening. And he said, you mind if I keep working on my puzzle? And I said, no, I, I don't mind at all. And he's working along on the puzzle. And he, he's got a, about half of the outside done and some of the inside. And he gets a pe few pieces and he's trying and he's trying. And he, all of a sudden he's got his hands and he's just messing it all up. Just taking it all apart. Everything he's done, he's taking it apart and shoving it aside. And I said, what in the world are you doing? He said, sometimes, his name was Mark Miller. I said, what are you doing, Mark? He said, sometimes you, you kind of get caught and lost in the process and you just need to forget about everything in the past and start over fresh. We can do that every day. Every day. Uh, don't matter what sin you committed yesterday, you don't have to commit that sin again today. Uh, I talked to a young man, not here, but a young man who was addicted to pornography. And I said, just because you watched it yesterday don't mean you've got to watch it today. Today's a fresh day in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, and His mercy and grace and compassion are extended to us daily. Uh, and in the midst of that, 
He's the only one that we can completely, completely count on. Let's go to Psalm 73, 21. I only marked one of these this morning because I knew if I marked them both, I'd, I'd go to the wrong place. He says, Thus my heart was grieved, and I was vexed in my mind. I was so foolish and ignorant. I was like a beast before you, God. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. And you hold me by my right hand. And you guide me with your counsel. And afterwards receive me into glory. Whom I have in heaven but you. And there is none on earth but that I desire besides you. My flesh, excuse me, my flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. The psalmist says, look, who do I have that I can count on? Only you. In heaven, you there, Lord, sit upon the throne and your son Jesus Christ sits at your right hand and he makes intercession for me daily. Lord, the Holy Spirit prays for me when I don't know how to pray for myself. Who can I count on, he says, but you. Uh, you're continually with me. You've given me the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer as my guarantee and the marvelous blessing of your presence. You guide me in all things, uh, and one day you'll receive me into your presence. But in the meantime, there's no one on earth I can count on but you. There's no one in heaven I can count on but you. Now, we all... I, Everybody here knows somebody in heaven. Yep. I, I don't know about you, but I'm getting so I'm, I, I'm almost at the point where I think I might know more people there than I know here. I, you know, I'm getting older. Uh, but I can't count on them. But I can count on God who sits on the throne in heaven. And on this earth, there's a lot of people I can call if I have trouble, and you have people you can call that'll help. Uh, but the only one you can really count on, the only one that's always there, the only one that is always consistent is the God of mercy and compassion through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, great hymn. I was tempted to sing. You know this one? Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I've needed thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. He is merciful and compassionate. And in that, he is faithful. You can rely on him. That never changes. Because of this, Jeremiah says, verse 24, The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. He says, look, things are pretty bad. I got a lot of friends have been carried off. A lot of friends that died in the attack. 
The city's walls are destroyed. The city lays in ruins. People here don't have a way to make a living. They're hungry. They're starving. Uh, and, And it's almost like the real blessing is the ones that have been carried into slavery because at least they have a meal to eat every day. But the future looks bleak because our brightest and best, like Daniel and and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have been carried to Babylon. And things really look dark. But, but the Lord is my portion, says my soul. He says, the Lord will provide. If I put my trust in Him, I can put my hope in Him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. He said, look, this will pass. But God is faithful, and God continues, and He will not, because He cannot, change. And I don't know about you, but I'm extremely thankful for that. Uh, It is number one on my thankful list. Because the other two things we're going to talk about the next two Sundays flow out of that. God's plan of salvation doesn't change. People that were saved in Jesus' day were saved the same way they are. We're saved the same way Jeremiah was. We look back on the cross and confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. Jeremiah looked forward to the cross and said, hope and salvation will come. And it doesn't change. And God's Word endures. It, no matter what liberal theologians or others say, it says what it means, and it means what it says, and what it says doesn't change. It's that simple. And therefore, you can build a life on it. But all of that flows out of where we begin this morning in being thankful that God is unchangeable. Hebrews 9. Uh, whole sermon. To tell you the truth, this is where I thought we were going to start this morning uh, in Hebrews 9, but the more uh, I worked and prayed, the more I've led in another direction. But in Hebrews 9, the writer of Hebrews is talking about the fact that uh, uh, Well, that's not Hebrews 9. That's the wrong reference. Anyway, in the book of Hebrews, God is talking, the writer of Hebrews uh, is talking about, uh, here we go, it's Hebrews 6. Hey, listen, I know you're dyslexic if you turn it like if I spelt go, O-G, that's dyslexic, right? What is it when you turn a nine or a six upside down when you write and make it a nine. I don't know what that is, but apparently when we're doing the in the sixth chapter of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews is talking about that God made a promise to Abraham. He said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you in a twofold way. You will become a great nation. You'll have so many descendants, they'll be like the sands of the sea, and you won't be able to count them. They'll be like the stars in the sky. You can't begin to count how many they will be. And the second part of that blessing, he said, is out of that will flow the blessing for all mankind. And out of the sons of Abraham, 
came the line of the tribe of Judah, Jesus Christ. And the writer of Hebrews is talking about that, and he says, you know, when you're men to prove things that they say and are true, they take an oath. And they take an oath by something greater than themselves. Now, here's what he says. Thus God determined to show more abundantly to the heirs of the promise, the Israelites, the immutability of his counsel confirmed by an oath. It says he's going to show to them that this does not change. So he swore an earth, oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled to refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. He said, listen, he gave us this oath. He says, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So he says, God took an oath, and there was nothing greater than God that he could swear by. So he swore by himself. What does that mean? It says he swore by two immutable, two unchangeable things. The second is, it, he talks about, is the forerunner, Jesus Christ, having become high priest forever, who died for our sins. But the first that he's talking about is God's unchangeable nature. He said, God took an oath, and he said to Abraham, you know this is true because I don't change. So if I say this is true, it is true now, it will be true tomorrow, and it will be true forever. Because you can rely on me because I am the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I'm telling you, one of the things I'm extremely thankful for is that God doesn't change. Everything else around me changes. Even I change, getting older, slower, heavier. But God stays the same. Great is his faithfulness. There's no shadow of turning with him. He changes not. His compassions they fail not. Great is his faithfulness unto me. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful for your unchanging nature. Thanks again for joining us for another service with Grace Baptist Church. Connect with us using the social media links on our website, gbcevansville.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week.